Welcome to the VIP Ignite podcast, your source for tomorrow's talent today. Hear real life stories of models, actors, and musicians breaking down barriers, launching careers, and sharing their stories of overcoming obstacles and finding real success. They will activate the winner in you by revealing the path with their best tips and advice. Welcome to the VIP Ignite Live podcast. Today, I am so excited to introduce you to Teresa Conahy. Honestly, don't tell anyone, but she is one of my favorites. First of all, she lives not far from where I grew up in New Jersey. Second of all, she is someone who, when I first met her, she was really a lot more shy. And all of a sudden, something snapped in her, and she's coming out of her shell, and she agreed to do this podcast. So I said, Oh my gosh. Let's do it now. Teresa, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Deneen, for having me. You're welcome. So to get started, can you tell my audience just a little bit about who is Teresa? Uh, who am I? Okay. Um, I'm normally a very, as you know, very shy person, very quiet, very, okay. And um, I think that has to come from, I went to Catholic school. I was raised in Catholic school the whole night. And in school, you're taught, you know, to be submissive. You walk close to the walls. You're quiet, you're quiet, you're quiet. And with that, and my father named me after St. Teresa. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, as a child, you know, you walk by a piece of paper. You get, well, you know, St. Teresa would pick that up. Stuff like that, that you're like, <sighs> you know, so your, your whole life is based upon those kind of things. And as you get older, it, it all sticks with It stays with you, like. You know, you're thinking, well, did I do that right? Did I? Like, I can walk in the grocery store to this day if there's stuff on the on, in the aisle, I'll pick it up and put it back on the shelf. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that has a lot to do with why I'm as quiet and reserved, I think, as I am. Okay. And always worrying, like, did I do that? You know, who's watching? I know that's a terrible thing, but, and not that I think that my parents meant to do anything wrong. I just think that's just, he promised St. Teresa and he was sticking to that promise. Okay. Yeah, I, I can understand that. I know um, I grew up in church for a good portion of my life, and I was always taught that kind of stuff, too. It wasn't exactly as extreme as, well, St. Teresa would have picked that up, but I definitely was taught that you have to follow certain rules, and you have to color within the lines, and if you don't color within the lines, then maybe we're not going to accept you. So I think I understand a lot more of what you're describing than you do. Plus, I think you and I have very similar personalities where we just want people to be happy around us. Like you strike me as someone who tries to keep the peace no matter what, even yeah. if it is something that hurts you, like you're still, I, I need to keep the peace. I need to keep the peace. So I'm not saying that you're still not a peacekeeper, but I've definitely seen you come out of that shell a lot over, the, I guess like the last two months, it's been a lot. I've seen you come out of that shell a lot. So has there been something that's gone on with you where you're like, okay, you know what? I understand that I want to please people, but I also am at a point in my life where I need to start taking care of me too. Well, I, um, my, well, my mother had a couple of strokes and so like, she's been driving me absolutely insane the last few years. And, um, no matter what you did, she'd fight you on it and everything. And my big thing was quality of life, quality of life. 
And I took her to her psychiatrist, actually. And I said, I don't know how to help her. And he told me, he said, you've got to stop. He said, she, you've got to let her make the decisions and let, and you can't change those. You just got to accept things as they are and get on with your life. And for like the last three years, my life's been on hold. Okay. Well, so you now have permission, though, to live your life. Yeah, it was almost like you need it. You need permission sometimes, I think. Yeah. I, and I think a lot of people need that. And I don't think it's just me. You know what I mean? You need to know that, you know, you're not a horrible person if you, you're not there 24-7. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand that. I um, I interviewed Valerie Smaldone, who has won five Billboard Awards. She's the voice of God on Broadway. You, I, you met her in New York City oh, yeah. in September. And she was, she's a lovely, lovely, fantastic person. And she does a lot of coaching. And she said, we had a moment on the podcast when I interviewed her where she said, you know what, Deneen, you and I as coaches, what we have to do a lot of times is not only teach technical skills, but we have to give people permission to be successful. And I feel like that conversation that you had with your mom's psychiatrist is, was that moment for you? Like where you have, you have to give yourself permission to be successful. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a, that's a huge thing. There are so many people that never make that realization, especially people pleasers. Yeah. Because we just are like, oh my gosh, like you're, I know you're being cruel to me, but like, let me, let me make you, would you like a cup of tea while you're being mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And um, I think the hardest lesson in life is that I can't fix people and I can't make those decisions. People have to make the decisions themselves. That's true. And that's the hardest thing. I, I don't know why that's so hard because there are some people that just think the world revolves around them. But then there are other people where you truly give of your life for others and eventually you have to finally take that moment and just live your life for you. Well, it's because you, I, I think what it is, is you look at it and you go, you know, if you just did this one little thing, you would feel, it's not so much you want to feel better, but you look at that person and they look like they're so so hurt and so suffering and if you can help just a wee bit you know what i mean mm-hmm. then it's like don't you feel better now you know what i mean and, and i know it sounds it doesn't it sounds stupid but when you care about people or when especially like if it's your ma or your dad or something like that you you get bugging you get bugging like mm-hmm. they they did everything for me and yeah i can't seem to do it well, you can't. And you know what the thing is? I Something that helped freed me from this, not too long ago, I heard Tony Robbins. I think it was Tony Robbins' talk. I'm, I'll give him credit if not, because I give him credit for a lot of good things in my life. But <laughs> but he he made this point in a story he was telling. He said, when you are, if you are drowning in the ocean and you are, the Coast Guard comes to, to rescue people, there are a couple of different groups of people. There are the people that just give up and they drown. And there's not, there's obviously nothing that the Coast Guard can do for those. Then there are the ones that are flailing about, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. But they don't want to be helped. Like they're so frantic begging for help that they can't do what it takes to be helped. And then there's the group of people that's, they're like, oh my gosh, the helicopter's here. I'm going to swim toward the helicopter. And the Coast Guard can only rescue the people that are swimming toward the helicopter. They can't, they can't rescue the people flailing about because the people flailing about are a danger to themselves and to other people. 
And I yes, think a lot of times, yeah, a lot of times for people like us, it's hard because obviously you can't save the person who's already gone. Like what you, you can't do that, but like you want the person to be who's frantic. You just want to say, calm down and do what you need to do. But they're so frantic and they're so happy in that crazy place that you can't help them. Yeah, that's the thing. It, when you see, you're like, how can you stand just laying there or, or not doing nothing? And it, it does drive you absolutely insane that that person can actually accept mm -hmm. being like that. Yeah. And I don't understand why I should drive us insane. It's because we, we, we want to help people. We're on the helicopter and we're throwing it out and we're like throwing it to people who are flailing about and we're getting pulled off the helicopter. We're like, wait, hold on, hold on. I'm trying to help you. But like the thing is like, that once you get to the point where you realize that you can only help the people that are swimming toward the helicopter, as painful as it is, as our, as our family who's flailing about, that that's when you kind of get to a moment of freedom and you're like, okay, you know what? You keep, you keep struggling. I will love you. And if you decide to stop struggling and swim toward me, that's awesome. I'm there for you. But as long as you're in your crazy, I can't be a part of that because I need, I'm a, I need safety. I need to be healthy. So... Yes. I, I wasn't expecting to, to go into my mindset training here on the, um, the, the VIP live <laughs> podcast, but you literally never know what you're going to get. <laughs> nope. So let's talk about happier things. So one of your goals is to be an actress and you were recently on set in New York city. Can you talk a little bit about how that happened? Okay. Um, I just decided, well, I'm just going to apply for all these auditions and see what happens. That's pretty much it. And um, there was a student film that I applied for. And the fellow, he goes, I, I like your look, he said. But he said, I have a friend who really likes your look. Would you mind being in his, um, his short film? He said, you know, it's not long. He says, you know, he says, uh, he said, you have to do a scene. He said, that's it. Just one scene. I'm like, okay, no problem. So I got, uh, the other fellow got a hold of me. His name is Debbie. And he got a hold of me. And he said to me, he says, you can't talk. He said, you have to do everything with emotion. <laughs> everything with emotion. He said, and stuff like that. So I'm like, well, talking's not my best point. But yeah, sure. I, I can definitely, you know, do something like that. So I, I drove to New York. And I mean, I was scared out of my mind. I was scared because I'm thinking, if I screw this up, I'm going to screw not only myself up, I'm going to screw this poor, poor fella up that he's going to get a grade on this because he's doing it for the film school. Mm -hmm. And he says to me, he says, you know, there's not going to be any pay or anything, but I will give you a rough draft. He said, and I will give you a, a finished draft. I said, well, that's pay enough. I can't hear you. So many um, auditions ask for a reel that I don't have. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was payment, it is payment, you know? That's awesome. So I had to play mother and I was sick. I mean, like dying sick. I was gonna be dying within months. Oh, and wow. my daughter, who was contemplating what to do, you know? And she's sitting next to me and you know, she's wiped me up. And now I'm coughing and, and have you ever died before? <laughs> no, I, I have a hundred percent survival rate thus far. <laughs> <laughs> so did I. And uh, so, you, but you had to show that you were sick, but you couldn't talk. Everything had to be through actions, right? Yeah. And then she had to smother me. 
So the thing <laughs> I know, right? That you get buggy when somebody's gonna put a pillow on your face. I can't even uh, imagine. Yeah. Well, because she want what it was is she wanted to set me free pretty much. And the way that you looked at it was like, please do this, but mm-hmm. you're you're um gasping and you're 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 dying technically, but you're not dying yet. And so he wants to pan down to my feet. I'm like, I have ugly feet. No matter how much you scrub them, ugly is ugly. I said, yeah. And he's like, I said, do you want me to paint them or something before? He goes, no, 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 I want natural. I'm like, oh, my God. I got the ugly feet going. But he wanted to pan down. So when I did pass, you could tell my feet would relax after she was trying to smother me. And we did it about, oh, my God, because he wanted uh, close-ups of my feet, he close-ups of my hands when I touch her and close-ups of me and then close-ups to her. It, it took about five hours. But um, it was amazing because I got to watch them set up their cameras and how they do it. Um, timing, timing's a biggie, you know. Um, they put up these things for the lighting and everything and, and they're moving you all over the place. Well, move over this way on the bed, move here, do this, do that. I don't know. I mean, for for him, it was, yes, I can direct. That was, you know, that was his thing. He had to do his stuff for school. Um his partners, the people working with him. Of course. And for me and this young girl, I guess she was in her early twenties. This was her first time. And uh so she really needed stuff because she's a part time student. So okay. I think it worked out. I mean they they said it did they you know they said they really liked it and everything. So that's Oops. fantastic. That's awesome. So um you were a part of our foot photography and videography course as well, weren't you? Yes. So here's a question for you. Since you're the first person I've interviewed that was went through that course in real time and then was also on set, how how integral was it knowing what was going on with the lighting and all of those different things? Like how much how much do you think that helped you on set? Well, I think it helps because you're not going to the all time. What are you doing? Why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they're so in the zone of trying to get exactly what they want. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there, I, there's time to ask questions, like, I suppose, after. But they're trying so hard just to get everything just right. And if they've got to stop and answer your questions and everything like that, you you take them somewhere else. Yeah. And then they've got to stop and figure, all right, what was exactly I was going for? What was You really don't want to interrupt them midstream. Yeah. And if you know what's going on, because the little girl can say, well, what do we do here? Or what? And I'm like, well... Right now, I said, you got to leave it all to him. This, that's what he does. I said, he's, he's going to guide you. I mm-hmm. said, don't worry about it. I said, don't, don't worry about anything like that. I said, he will guide you. I said, that's what direction is. I said, but I said, don't be asking him a ton of questions. My thing was, it would have been better if she could have just shot me and got things over and done with. <laughs> just but, give me the morphine. Don't smother me. <laughs> she, she, honest to God, had a hard time, you know, yeah. putting a pillow on my face. She's I don't know. I said, you can do this because I'm going to hold your hand. And I did. I grabbed hold of When she put the pillow on my face, I grabbed hold of her arm. And I'm like, uh, no, you're not getting that close to my face. <laughs> <laughs> I'll act from here. Thank you very much. You're not, you don't, yeah. you're not smothering me for real. Yeah. But no, timing is a big thing. You know, make sure, you know, that, that your timing is, is on, is on spot for them. Yeah. And um, that when they tell you something like do it this way or do that, that you do, you know what I mean? And um, I don't know, it, it, it seemed easy. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess because I knew what to expect. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that I didn't have a, a ton of questions. I mean, I felt bad at the end when I was like thanking them and they were thanking me and we was talking, but I didn't have a, a ton of questions. Okay. Where normally you would, do you know what I mean? Like the first time I watched the film be done, because I was an extra, I had a ton of questions, wanting want to ask a ton of questions. You know what I mean? Because I was yeah. Well, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? After that, after I did that film and um, a photography and video, yeah, well, photography you. and video course. Video. Yes. After I understood everything that I had no idea prior when I was on set before. That's awesome. So another question I have, how was the coaching? Um, I, you're a part of our 30X Elite coaching. So how did that also prepare you to go on set in a different way? Oh, the whole ride there. <laughs> I'm like, you can do this. Every, you know, like, like I wanted to call you and tell you before I did it. And then I thought, no, just in case you chicken out the minute you get to New York. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know me. I do um, know you. Yes. So I'm like, but the whole time I'm going, you know, I can do this. You know, I, I, I've got this. I, I've got what it takes to do it. You do. You know, I, I've learned all of the stuff that I, I, I want. You know, to learn for it. And there's no reason I can't do it. And you're good enough. You are good enough. And it was funny because we'd had the the thing with Fuji. The, yeah. I'll call it Fuji. Prior to that, and he said, I remember what he said. He said, "Be yourself." You know, don't walk out the door not looking good, okay? Because you never know who you're going to run into. But be yourself. And that's how I walked in there. Like, I'm not going to worry that they, they don't like how I speak. I'm not going to worry about, you know, anything, you know, because mm -hmm. makeup-wise, because I had to look pale anyway, you know, like I was sick. Um, I'm not going to worry that all the fake shit. Um, excuse me. It's okay. I'm not going to worry about that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah does this just look perfect or does it look perfect or do I look pretty or do, because you can't worry about that because nine out of 10 times a roll, you're not going to look pretty. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so you've got to be able to be yourself and be comfortable in your own skin. And I think VIP does help, help me be comfortable in my own skin that no, I don't have to, I have a lot of flaws, but to embrace those flaws and move on. The things I can change, I can change. And the things I can't change about myself, I can't. That's it. Uh, you, you're rendering me speechless here because I don't feel like we could have had this conversation even three or four months ago. No. Because I, there, I've seen so much, such a tremendous growth in you, Teresa, that I'm sitting here trying not to cry because, you, you know, I'm a big crier. I'm a big crybaby. Yes, but if you cry, but I'm going to cry. I know. We're not crying. I, we're not crying. We'll end the podcast we before we criers. cry. But I'm just so proud of you because I know that this hasn't been an easy road for you. You've gone through so much since I've met you, yet here you are talking about going on set in New York City for a student film and feeling bad because you didn't ask questions because you knew what was going on. Like, if anyone's listening to this, I want you to really absorb that, okay? Teresa has applied, has been a part of our coaching for a while. I don't even know, pro, pre, since pretty close to the beginning, I believe. It's yeah. been a while. She's been a part yeah. of our coaching for at least six to eight months. She is on every coaching call. Nearly, what? Almost two years. Almost, two, I'm like, two years. 
See, I don't <laughs> even know, right? But like, she's been on every coaching call. She's gone to different events. She has applied everything that we've told her. And her life has transformed to the point where she drove to New York City to be on a film. And if you knew the Teresa I knew even back in September, she never would have made it. You, I, I, you probably would have made it to the, the um, turnpike, but I don't think you would have made it over the bridge or in through the tunnel to get to New York. No, and definitely wouldn't, wouldn't have went by myself. Oh my gosh, no. So like the, the point I want to make here is anyone listening Everyone has a dream, but very few people have the guts to do the work to achieve the dream. And Teresa, who has all, you don't even know her story. She's given you not even the tip of the iceberg of her story. And I'll save that for another podcast. But if you knew her story, you would be throwing confetti at her right now like I want to. So the point I want to make here is if you surround yourself by the right people who believe in you and you believe in yourself as much as they believe in you, then anything is possible. And Teresa, I, again, I can't even tell you how proud I am of you just because you took, you took the, you took everything that we've given you and you've begrudgingly at times you've applied it all. (laughs) But the point is, I have to get a little humor in because that's who I am too. But you've applied it and now look at you. You're absolutely glowing. And I'm just so proud of you. I'm so proud to have you on the podcast today. I'm so grateful that you took the time to share your story. So Teresa, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Oh no, thank you guys. I mean, I wouldn't be, it's been a long time since I've sort of been happy. If that makes any sense, and you guys have been a very, very big part of that, and I do appreciate. Well, we at VIP Ignite appreciate you too. So again, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Everyone who's listening, make sure you hit subscribe because I have a lot of amazing transformation stories, just like Teresa's coming up on the VIP Ignite Live podcast. So make sure you hit subscribe, make sure you tune in. And if you're listening to this podcast, do me a favor. Drop a comment below and let Teresa know how proud you are of her. So, Teresa, thank you again for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. And I will talk to you very soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the VIP Ignite podcast. For free resources and to learn more about how to become a model, actor, or musician, please head over to ammsociety.com. And if you loved this episode, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you.